Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to Shakita's Moments of Truth. This episode was brought to you by SJS Comprehensive Services, where financial and emotional health are the cornerstones to a healthy living. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Stay tuned. So again, hi everybody, this is Shakita Stewart with SJS Comprehensive Services. And tonight we are actually going to be continuing our, uh, this series, if you wanna call it on trauma. Now, uh, just to give you all a recap from last week, we discussed trauma, what that looks like. We discussed different areas or different levels of trauma, um, acute trauma, chronic trauma, complex trauma. Um, And so we talked about that as a whole, but I thought it was, very, very important for us to kind of take a step back and talk about how trauma affects our kids simply because I was talking to you all about the importance of addressing our childhood trauma. You know, uh, just generation, generationally uh, speaking and historically speaking, we have not been taught to address our trauma uh, that happened to us as children. And so therefore, when trauma affects us as adults, we don't know how to manage it. And so I thought it was important to take a step back and to discuss the impact of trauma as it relates to our children. Okay, so um, first, I just want to kind of jump right into it. And I want to talk about uh, the... My apologies. Oh, sorry. Siri is trying to talk on my phone. Excuse me, Siri. Uh, I'm a watch. But um, I want to go ahead and kind of break down the levels of trauma and what that looks like for children. So if you remember, uh, there is a level of trauma called acute trauma. Okay, and sorry if I'm looking down, but I have my notes. I like to make sure I, I have all of my information together. So please forgive me for that. Um, but um, as far as acute trauma is concerned, remember, this is where, you know, a single event has occurred. Something has happened and you have an emotional response to this event. So for kids, this can be a divorce between their parents. It could be moving you know, from one home to the next, changing schools, even changing teachers every year. Um, I know I can definitely attest to that with my son. Um, Each year, I noticed that when it was time for him to go like kindergarten, first, second, and third grade, it took him a while to adjust uh, to those changes. Um, Also, uh, being in car accidents, witnessing different things. So something that's, you know, just kind of, it happened. Maybe they're affected a little bit by it but it's not something that's ongoing, all right? And so the next area I wanna talk about with children, and I'm gonna spend a little bit of time in this section, um, is chronic trauma. And so if you recall from last week, chronic trauma is where there's repeated exposure to a traumatic event in your life. And so when you think about, even think about back to your childhood while I'm, I'm talking about some of these things and, you know, think about how those situations impacted you as a young child and now as an adult. So the first one I came up with and other stuff was talking about was witnessing domestic violence in the home. I know sometimes we might think that our children are too young to understand, but trust me when I tell you they do. They understand what is going on. They pick up on things very, very quickly. They are very smart. So witnessing domestic violence in the home, um, both witnessing and also being a victim of physical, emotional, sexual abuse as a young kid, that's really significant. Um, but I wanted to spend a little bit time, a little bit of time on verbal abuse when it comes to from their parents. This is something that, that I do not think that um, as parents we take a step back and understand what we 
say to our children and how it really impacts them on a daily basis. Um, there's been a meme that's been going around lately uh, that I saw and I thought it was really cool where it was it's basically telling parents the things you shouldn't do when your children first wake up in the morning, you know, how you should speak to them when they're getting ready for school, when they're getting ready for bed, because if you want them to be productive and successful in the school setting, you can't start your day off with yelling and, you know, and just being on high alert. I know, you know, people work busy, have busy lives. And so in the morning times, it can be really stressful. So as a parent, um, really and truthfully, it's your duty to get up a little bit earlier to kind of manage your stressors. So that way it doesn't trickle down on your children. Because now when you're in the home and you're yelling and get up and this and that and everybody's stressed because I got to get out of the house. You got to get to school. When they go to school, how do you really think they're going to perform? You know, think about that. How do you really think that they are truly going to perform knowing that they just were just all this stuff? Because guess what? When your anxiety is high as a parent, imagine the things that comes out of your mouth. Take a step back and listen to yourself. You know, replay some of those situations where you have done that. And like, dang, like, you know, I was upset. You know, I was stressed. They wasn't getting up enough in enough time. They were taking too long to brush their teeth, not getting dressed properly, you know, clothes wrinkle, whatever the case may be. Just take a step back and think back to how did you respond? High, it, it, uh, sorry, high anxiety in the morning is not good for kids. Also, when they're going to bed. You know, how do you expect your children to have a good night's sleep when before the last thing that they heard was you screaming at them? Are you talking to them negatively, calling them names, you know, saying that they're failures? They're not like, you know, constantly just digging into the negativity, the negative things of your children. Imagine how that's impacting them. So I wanted to really, you know, kind of dig a little bit deeper in that section because I really want us as parents and I'm going to say us because we are in this together. Um, but I really want us as parents to really kind of take a step back for a moment and say, okay, what can I adjust, you know, um, in my children's, my child's life or my children's lives in order to not cause them to have this chronic trauma? Because guess what? When you constantly are just drilling and drilling and they're not perfect enough that, you know, they can't do anything right. They never using those words, never. And you always and constantly and all of those words, what does that do to them in adulthood? Does it create this person where they can't fail, where they're just these perfectionists and it's stressing them to full capacity? You got to think about it long term. All right. So now let's kind of now I want to kind of shift a little bit into what are some of the uh, symptoms or some of the behaviors that children may display during this time following a traumatic event. OK, and I think this is important, too, because when you when a traumatic event has occurred and as an adult, you are going through your your process, you know, of dealing with your trauma. Sometimes we can't forget that our children are feeling the same things too, but they may not display it as, as well as you are, right? They may not be able to verbally say what it is that they're dealing with. And so as a result of that, it's coming out in other ways. So with acute stress, typically, like I said, with acute stress is something that happened. You know, you may have gotten into a car accident. And so a lot of times the symptoms may only linger around for a couple of days or so. Uh, definitely no, no more than one month. OK, so it may just, you know, kind of just be there. You know, they may exhibit some symptoms. And I'm going to read some things here where they may uh, the symptoms that they may display um, as a result of this. So. 
a lot of times some kids may start to experience, you know, being a little bit, a little bit withdrawn. They may start having flashbacks of these, uh, this event. You know, they may dream about it. They may start to ask questions when they're playing, like especially in little kids. Chances are they will um, display this event again in their play. You know, so that's important too. When you listen, my do my daughter plays with her uh, dolls all the time, and I'm always listening to the conversations that she have between her those dolls and like the mommy and her daughter and stuff. Because trust me, a lot of things can come out because they're going to literally mimic and repeat what they have heard and seen. Okay, so you know, just kind of watch how they play. Um, they may also have, you know, some experiences with, you know, just kind of, you know, maybe asking some questions or maybe a little bit fearful. But after a month, you'll see those things start to diminish. They go away and they go on about their lives. Now, let's say that doesn't happen. Let's say this event was significant. You know, it was something that really impacted them. Then what you may want to look at, you know, in your child is uh, symptoms of irritability, being sad, having anxiety. OK, not able to fall asleep, not wanting to wake up. They may start feeling, you know, some uh, feelings of depression, you know. So uh, also even acting out behaviorally in school. That's a big one. That's a huge one, because a lot of times, you know, kids, because they don't verbally know how to tell you what they're feeling. And school is the place where they're at the majority of their their day, you know, throughout their lives, they tend to start to act out in school. So again, as parents, when you know something has happened, and I just read this on the SAMHSA website, which is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration uh, organization, and I'm going to share with you some tips on that. And one of those tips that they shared was, you know, kind of falling back a little bit on the expectations and the way that you want your child to function and perform in school, because they've just gone through something traumatic. You know, so again, look at yourself as an adult. You know, if, as you're going through this, this event, are you able to perform at work how you normally would? Let's be honest. You probably don't even want to be at your job. You know, so the same applies to your children. All right. So now let's see. I wanted to talk about now with little kids. And there's this book that I use. Uh, it's called the DC Zero to Five uh, for younger children. Younger, younger children also, like little babies, also express you know, some things it's not necessarily as often, uh, but a lot of times it comes with, you know, the sense of attaching to other people. They may either be really, really clingy, you know, uh, with their parents uh, after following something traumatic. And even though they may not understand truly what happened, they can feel and sense that, you know, something went on. OK, um, now also, let's see here. I'm just trying to make sure I don't miss anything here. Um. Oh, also, that's they. Your child may also experience uh, situations where they want they don't want to be involved in family activities. You know, sometimes as a, as you know, adults and you know, as parents, you feel that let's try to do so much as a family. Let's just kind of you know, if we just do these family activities, they may they just may not be interested. You know, in doing that. So when I share the tips with you guys. Uh, there's something on there where it talks about doing other things as a family that might can help them work through their trauma. Okay, so that is uh, some of the symptoms that your children you may look for. Now, also, I want to talk about the somatic symptoms. And what that means is the physical symptoms that your child may display. And I was talking to a parent about this the other day and uh, we were laughing because I can recall, you know, when when growing up, you know, younger 
in school, you know, if you said my stomach hurt, you know, I can't go to school today. You know, our parents would tell us drink some water <laughs> and get your butt to school. You know, you're going to go. But, but I want, again, I want to challenge you. You know, if your child is coming to you and it's every day, every day you're noticing that it's something that's happening. They're complaining about a headache. They're complaining about their stomach ache. Their body just hurts and they don't understand. They're constantly going to the bathroom and it's all happening prior to going to school. You may want to stop and take a step back because they may be going through some chronic trauma at school and they just don't know how to talk to you about it. They may be getting bullied. They may be isolated from their peers because of some unknown reason, maybe their peers even found out about the divorce that's going on between their parents or something and they're treating them a certain way. And so that's causing your child to be severely anxious with going to school. So when your children come to you and they're talking to you about these somatic symptoms or these physical symptoms that they are feeling, take a step back and ask some questions because they may truly be struggling. Okay, I thought that was important to share as well. So now let's kind of chime in a little bit on, um, and I see we don't have any questions right now, so that's good, you know, that no one has any questions at this moment. But again, feel free to drop the questions as, if, as you see fit. And if I don't see them, then I'll get them later. But as of right now, I don't see anything. Um, so now I wanted to kind of talk to you about uh, the steps you can take with your child following this traumatic event. Okay. So this situation occurred. Um, and one thing I could probably say like in the African American community is when we look at last year, um, and just the heightened, uh, anxiety surrounding George Floyd and, you know, the, the deaths of, uh, African Americans by law enforcement. I know a lot of families was impacted by that. A lot of people talked about their kids, you know, coming to them and just saying, mommy, am I going to be killed too? Mommy, am I going to die? That's a sign that they were affected, you guys. The trauma does not have to directly happen to them. It can also be witnessed, okay? And so that's significant. So some of the ways that you can help your children during these times is to constantly check in with them. You know, are you okay? Are you good? How are you feeling? And I'm going to back it up. I don't want you to say, are you okay? Because those are what we call closed-ended questions. So if you ask your child, are you okay? They are going to say yes or no. Chances are they're going to say yes, because they do not want to express what is going on with them. So you do not want to ask closed-ended questions. So anything where you say, um, are you okay? Do you need my help? If it's just a yes or no, don't ask those questions. But you want to maybe ask them, like, how are you feeling this morning? You know, I'm noticing that you're a little quiet. Tell me what you're feeling right now. Okay? Um, what is it that you would like to discuss in relation to what happened and to relationship what you saw, you know, on the news or what you experienced while we were driving? Maybe they saw someone else get hit by a car while you guys were in the car. OK, so you want to constantly check on them and make sure that they're OK, especially if it's something that impacted them directly, like the death of a loved one, um, the separation of parents. And maybe it's the first time that they're actually at your home alone without your spouse. You want to check in with them. Um, recognize that they feel too. Children have feelings just as well as adults. And I think this is one thing that we miss because it's the whole concept of like, you know, children are seen and not heard. You know, you do as I say, but we forget that children have feelings too. You know, so recognize that they are hurting. Recognize that just as well as when you go into your room and you close your door and you're crying, they are doing the same thing. 
So you have to recognize that. And once you recognize that, it will allow you to be able to approach them in a different light. Okay. If you are actually struggling, imagine how they feel. All right. I mean, again, put yourself in their shoes, which you're probably already there. The next one I have is pay attention to their behavior outbursts or the physical symptoms like we talked about earlier. Um, and also connect them to a therapist. I like when I when I especially when I was primary primarily working with children, whenever I would have a parent bring in their child and it wasn't court ordered, it wasn't because they were in foster care, it wasn't because the child got into trouble uh legally and was required to go to therapy, the parent just felt that their child needed a space to just process. I always tell them kudos to you. And sometimes these kids are like 10 years old, you guys. They don't have to be teenagers to have a space to talk. Get them connected to somebody to talk about what, what they are feeling. We want to teach them at a young age how to be able to communicate. And I, and I mean, I hate to be drastic, but I, I've done a podcast on this before when I talked about um, like school shooters. You know, and people are not even just school shooters, but mass shooters, mass murders that take place. If you really were to listen to or and read up on the, the active shooters in those situations, I guarantee you can go back to the fact that they never knew how to communicate their feelings. If they were being bullied at school, nobody taught them how to talk about the bullying. Even though they may have tried to get help, nobody helped them beyond just going to the school and saying, my child is getting bullied. What are y'all going to do about it? So nobody said, let's get this kid talking because we need to see what they are feeling. They need to be connected to a therapist. And it's okay. It doesn't even have to be something going on. If you just say, you know what? My child is coming into the preteen years and I just want them to be in a safe space because I, I can tell you, though we think as parents, <laughs> we have um, this open line of communication with our kids, it's still things that they, will, they just will not share with us. Maybe because they don't want to hurt our feelings. Maybe because it just don't feel comfortable. But if you can give them a space and a trusting person um, that is willing to actually listen to them, you know, and allow them to process uh, those feelings effectively, then you should do that. Um, it's significant. OK, now, those were some of the things that I came up with. But I want to uh, read a couple of things from the SAMHSA website so you guys can um, understand what they uh, discussed here. So let's see. All right. So. And forgive me again, I'm going to be reading here because I want to make sure I have everything correct here. Okay, so it says tips for talking to your children after a traumatic event. Um, provide your children with opportunities to talk about what they saw and also opportunities to just simply ask questions. You know, instead of, you know, getting into a situation where you're just doing all the talking, allow them to just ask questions, allow them to, you know, to say, OK, mom, OK, dad, this is what I'm feeling. OK. And again, ask those open in their questions. Don't be afraid to admit that you can't answer all of the questions because I know we want to go into protective mode. I know we want to go into that space and we want to give them everything. And and because you may not know everything, you just avoid the questions. You just avoid the situation. That's not the best thing to do. Uh, provide ongoing opportunities for your children to talk. And maybe this is something where you can adapt to where once a week you guys meet up as a family. You may take your kids to lunch, dinner, breakfast, and just allow them more opportunities than what you probably were doing before. OK, um, also, it says here, use this opportunity to establish a family emergency plan. 
feeling that there is something you can do may be very comforting to both you and your children. And I thought this was pretty cool. You know, how many times do you all really sit down with your kids and, and create a plan of action on when something traumatic may take place? You know, as far as like where you guys can go and what are some of the resources, learning about how to be mindful and meditation and those things, you know, so, so creating that plan with them. Allow your children to discuss other fears and concerns unrelated to the issue. This is big. And it says here, this is a good opportunity to explore these issues as well. So now you're, and this is going to be, allow you to be able to move from the trauma that happened. Um, but, um, but it's like, fortunately, the trauma will probably allow you guys to open up those lines of communications with your kids, but allow them to process other things that might be going on as well. Okay. Um, monitor what they're watching on TV, you know, cause again, sometimes you never know what is on TV. And I can say this, even as an adult, you know, uh, we're dealing with some trauma. Sometimes I'll be watching TV and something will pop up that's related to the trauma and a traumatic event, and it will trigger me. So again, imagine what the kids are going through. Um, help your children understand that there are no bad emotions and that a wide range of reaction is normal. You know, uh, if your child is crying, if your child is acting, acting out, you want to let them know that I understand where you're coming from because you're hurting, you're scared, you're frustrated, you're angry. You know, just letting them know that it is okay. And also, in addition to this, you definitely, like this said here, you want to you seek help. You want to allow them to create that space where they can talk about their fears. And so, like, so when talking isn't enough, it says uh, here, uh, many parents may have their own fears leaving a child alone after a traumatic event. So as a parent, let's say if your child isn't ready to uh, engage in therapy, you should engage in therapy. Okay, because what happens is once you engage in therapy, you can now bring those situations to the therapist. They can assist you with creating that family emergency plan. They can assist you with, you know, figuring out how to communicate with your kids in order to help them process through. And then you can you can actually model positive behaviors that, you know, see mommy and daddy is getting help. You know, we're getting help because we are struggling in this area and it's okay for you to get help, too. You know, sometimes when they don't see you actively engaging in something to help you they won't be you know uh you know really enthused to to do it as well okay so that's what I wanted to share I I, I know my thing said 45 minutes but I knew I wasn't going to stay 45 minutes um but I just wanted to kind of just dig in into these topics with you guys on trauma as it relates to our children and as it relates to, you know, it's how it's, they, they are affected on a daily basis. You know, we have, I write uh, where I used to write, but now I just uh, review. It's clinical assessments for children who are um, in foster care. And there are some significant, like, information that we have to share with these individuals who are reading this uh, report. Because a lot of times people, the one thing that kind of gets under my skin when I'm writing in or reading these reports is when I get the child and I get this information on this child and uh, the people that's in that circle are like, you know, oh my God, this child is horrible. They have opposition to defiant disorder. They don't listen and do, they don't do this or that. But then when I get the report and I'm reviewing the DCF cases, you know, I'm saying to myself, well, what do you expect this child to do? When you have someone that's that's having that that's coming from a home where they're both of their parents are severe substance abusers, 
where they're using methamphetamine every day and the kids are fending for themselves or when they're being severely abused, when they have been severely sexually abused by multiple people in their lives, how else do you expect them to respond? You know, so I'm going to probably go into detail with some of those later, but I'm going to stick, do one more um, series of trauma. I got to figure out what topic I want to go to just yet. And I think maybe what I'm going to do next time is do like a Q&A um, where you guys can come, maybe take some time, write down some questions you may have. And then we can just, you know, kind of have open dialogue. If you want to hop on the screen and share, you know, ask a question. I want to kind of do a, a Q&A uh, segment on trauma. Um, but I just think it's significant. And I think the time is now for us to just start discussing these things and making it more of a norm to seeking help. And so I'm like, what better way to just, you know, start doing this on my own, you know, just to just to kind of share. And I know there's so many therapists out there doing the same thing. And I appreciate it. Um, I really, really, truly do, because it is significant and it's needed. So, again, ladies and gentlemen, that's my time. Uh, Tiffany, thank you so much uh, for uh, tuning in. Um, if you have any questions, you need any information, please inbox me, reach out to me. You know, I would definitely help. Um, if you know anybody who is uh, seeking some assistance, you know, for therapeutic services for their, themselves or their family, please also reach out. Um, if you have Medicaid, I know a wonderful agency that can take you with Medicaid. They accept multiple uh, managed, uh, managed, provi managed care providers under Medicaid. So, and you guys get about 26 sessions a year. So that's a lot, you know. So take advantage of that. Don't feel like you can't receive those services just because you have Medicaid as well. I mean, you guys actually have, you know, a better platform, honestly. Um, but if you know anybody that is in need, please reach out. Thank y'all so much. Thank you, Ms. Dana. I really appreciate the feedback. And don't forget to share this. I know um, everybody probably couldn't get on, but you never know it, the person that's on your timeline or in your friend list who may have needed to hear this today. So please share this. And I really appreciate you all tuning in. And until next time, y'all have a great uh, weekend. Yeah, it's Friday. So I'll talk to y'all later.